Hi, we're Jim and Becky Nylander, and uh, um, we're very thankful for this church and the church family. At the end of August 2020, my father called me and let me know that he didn't feel well. I could tell on the phone he wasn't doing well. He was diagnosed with a, a stroke and in the hospital. And during that time, I was helping uh, handle a lot of the uh, medical issues and help him with his finances and getting his house ready to be sold. And about five weeks later in the morning, Jim had called out and, and, and I was in another room and he said, Becky, I've got a terrible headache and my side, I can't move my side. It was his right side. And I knew immediately that he had, was having a stroke. And that was a journey. Besides working uh, on details for my dad, there was working on medical issues for Jim and working with his work uh, to take care of his leave time. In the middle of that, um, I was going through some more health uh, issues and I got the diagnosis right before Christmas 2020 that I had ovarian cancer. And I, I praise God that I had a wonderful medical team. I praise God for my family, our, our son, our daughter, their spouses, extended family, life group, pastors, friends. I needed them. Jim needed them. They came through. Throughout that whole entire time, we were covered in prayer. People came forward. And then I focused on God's word to get me through all the, the treatment. In that time, Jim uh, was able to uh, come home after his rehab and, and do his recovery. It was uh, kind of relearning a lot of um, everything that you do all over again. And I, I remember uh, I um, was learning to brush my teeth with my left hand because I'm right hand dominant. Then uh, one day, uh, one, one night, I went to bed and I brushed my teeth really well. I realized that I switched hands back to my right hand, and then all of a sudden I was brushing my teeth just, you know, you know, great again. So even when I didn't know it and couldn't tell what exactly what I was doing, <laughs> God was working in my body and mind to kind of heal and restore. But he really basically had to learn how to walk all over again, read all over again, write all over again. So God has been super faithful, and he keeps working with his uh, therapists for all the different areas. And as far as my cancer diagnosis, I'm in remission. The doctors, the nurses, the surgeon said they, they just can't believe how well everything has gone. One of the scriptures that has been one of my favorites is Psalm 62.6. He is my rock and my salvation. He is my defender. I will not be defeated. Hold on to God. And if you don't know God, cry out to him now, and if you do know God, just continue to hold on because he has you in his hands. That's powerful. For some of us, COVID is enough to throw us off. But can you imagine COVID on top of your dad having a stroke, your husband having a stroke, and you're diagnosed with cancer? And clinging to Jesus, listen, leaning in to Jesus during life's hardest times. Um, during those times, you either run from the Lord or you run to the Lord. You make it your decision today during the worst days of your life, you're going to run to God rather than away from God in those moments. I, I appreciate that story so much. And it's an honor to pray for uh, and with that, that family uh, for these last few years. 
Man, uh, I really felt like God was kind of giving a prophetic word there. It wasn't the direction we went in the first service, but I just want to remind you that God is not wringing his hands about your comfort and your pleasure today. And sometimes we think, oh, you know, I just you know, want my life to be comfortable or pleasurable or entertained. And, and I think that some of you, you are right in the middle of God's will for your life, and it's just hard. And it's uncomfortable. And there's even pain involved. But you're where God wants you to be, and, and that's where you want to be. Amen? And uh, sometimes we kind of look around the world and go, that person's having so much fun, or they have this or that and the other, and maybe I don't, and why don't I? Um, I don't think God is setting out to try to make your life life comfortable and easy, and and certainly your purpose is not pleasure in this world, uh, even though some people seem to think it is. So be be encouraged by that if that's you, all right? Uh, This has been a fun week. Uh, Thursday was Thanksgiving Day, just a tremendous uh, spirit of gratefulness right here in our church at 10 a.m. on Thursday, last Thursday, just a a Thanksgiving gathering we do do every year. And then last Sunday, there was water baptism. Seven people got baptized in water last Sunday here in our church. So I'm applauding all these guys and, and the decision that they made to get baptized in water. It was kind of interesting. Two weeks ago, I preached the first service everything was fine. Suddenly the room got dizzy on me. I got sick. Within 20 minutes, I was at home uh, throwing up and I wasn't able to be here for the 1120 service. And then last week I was on vacation uh, at a soccer tournament. So I thought I can hear the rumors now. Pastor Peter has super COVID, you know, sometimes just, so just letting you know, uh, once, once, about once a year, I get like, kind of dizzy and I have to lay down and it never happened on a Sunday morning until last week. So my wife drove me home uh, that the worship at the start of 1120 service, I was like, God, this is so wrong. I did not stay home and watch football today. I was in church. I was trying to preach and lead and uh, so it was such a unique day. And then I, we were on vacation for uh, last week, but I came in last week at the end of the 1120 service because there was a newcomer's lunch and I just wanted to meet some new people and really glad that I did. So if you hear that, if you're worried about me, I am okay, all right? Uh, That's a good thing happening. Thank you. Lord bless that person more than everybody else, all right? (laughs) This Saturday is the walkthrough from 5.30 to 7.30. I want to encourage you. It's a free event to come get maybe a cider or something and just take some pictures and just just enjoy people, get out of the house, and just get in the spirit of Christmas. I think that'd be great. Obviously, the Women's Christmas Brunch is coming up as well. All right, if you have a Bible today, Nehemiah is where we're going to jump in, Nehemiah chapter 2. And this is a really interesting title. Um, I had a different plan earlier in this week. I felt like this kind of came to me. And this is the title of the message today, Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. It wasn't a real popular term until maybe this last decade in our world, this idea of unsubscribe. Um, and really, I think where we're getting it from is a lot of times we get a lot of email in our lives. Anybody get a lot of email besides me? Isn't it interesting? Just sign up today for our newsletter and our app, and we'll give you 10% off today, and then we'll spam you the rest of your life. It's a great deal. You know, sign up for our app today. We'll give you 50 cents off a cheeseburger, and every day you can get an email from us. I don't know if that was such a good deal, right? In fact, I, was, uh, I had a family member, I was looking at their email one day, and they opened up their email in front of me, and I, I am not kidding, there was like 30 junk mails for every one real email. And I looked at that, and I thought, this is morally wrong, <laughs> like this is not going to work. And here's why, because what happens is, is when there's all these things getting your attention, all these things flooding your mind, you miss the one that matters most, because it's drowned out by all the spam, all the things that don't really matter. 
I want to encourage you today, maybe you can see a picture of, of an email. I want to encourage you today, go through and unsubscribe to things that you don't want. I love it when I click unsubscribe at the bottom of an email and it says, hey, why are you leaving us? And one of the options sometimes is, I never signed up in the first place. And that's the one I usually pick. This is not, interested, not interesting to me. So here's point number one today, unsubscribe to email you never wanted. Now, the Bible doesn't talk about email, okay? But we're going to start with this one because it's a, it's a picture of what we're trying to do in our lives. We want to put time and mental energy back into our lives. And every time we waste a single minute reading something that we didn't want, that, that we didn't ask for, that pulls time and attention away from us, it, it distracts us from our purpose in life. Listen, time is precious, if you're young, you probably don't know that yet. Your mental energy is precious. Don't allow yourself to get overloaded and overwhelmed with emails that you don't even want. Time is precious. Mental energy is a priority. You'll be bombarded with things, and you have to decide what really matters. So listen, in your life, there's some activities, there's some emails, there's some, there's some apps, there's some uh, things in your life that you need to unsubscribe from, and I hope they're already kind of spinning in your mind right now. A lot of times there's something good that has just become time-consuming in your life. Every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. So make sure you say yes to that which is best. James uh, chapter 4, James is speaking uh, to the church. I'm going to begin in verse 13, and then I'll, I will get to the verse that we're really going to focus on. James is the wisdom book of the New Testament, and this is what it says, verse 13. Look here, those of you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town, and we will stay there a year, and we'll do business there, and we'll make a profit. And he says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. Or your life is like a mist. I was talking uh, before the service to somebody in their 90s, and they said, my life is like a mist. It happened so fast. And when you're young, you just can't imagine that it could go that quickly. Life is fleeting. Uh, about 15 years ago, somebody showed me a website. Um, how many have ever heard of a website called um, deathclock.com? Anybody? One, two, three, and me. Okay, maybe four of us and me. Nobody in the last service. 15 years ago, somebody uh, showed me this website. And what you do is you type in your information in this website, and it tells you the day you're going to die. It's, it's just fantastic. It's wonderful, right? <laughs> And so I think we're going to pull it up on the screen if we can do it. Can we get that up on the screen? So this is on the screen in the room live. I hope you can see it online. And what we did is we're going to go ahead and put day of birth. So my, my day of birth is the 2nd of February, 1975. My BMI is closer to 28. I'm only being honest because I'm in church, okay? So um, I'm a non-smoke. Okay, so I'm going to click this box and check the day of your death. And it says your day of death is November 13th, 2048. I'm hoping it's not quite that soon, okay? Um, but it says, um, you have this many seconds left to live. 850,639,848, 47, 46. Isn't that just precious to just to look at that? And aren't you encouraged? <laughs> Pastor Peter, this is a little morbid, right? And it is. You're right. It is morbid. But when I see those seconds tick away, I realize how precious life is, right? Wow. I have an expiration date, so today matters. Well, we're just going to survive COVID for three years, and then we're going to start living again. Nope, today matters. 
I'm going to have significance in my life today. I'm going to try to impact somebody for all eternity every single day because today matters. And those seconds are ticking away in all of our lives. Listen, live life to the full because time is fleeting. But secondarily, would you just live for the Lord and don't really worry about like the necessary the day you die? Because if you're living for Jesus, heaven is your home and someday you're going home. And you're going to take as many people with you as possible. So James says this, hey, understand this. Your, your life is like a morning fog or a mist. It's here for a while, but then it's gone quickly, more quickly than you could possibly understand. And sometimes... Uh, People say, well, I, you know, I'm going to try to live for God. I'm going to try not to commit a bunch of sins. And sin separates us from God for all eternity. Sin keeps us out of heaven. Jesus forgives our sins. Therefore, we can be in heaven. And so sometimes people think, well, if I can just kind of hide away on a mountaintop, or if I can hide away at home, or if I can avoid the temptations of this world, then I won't have any sin issues in my life. Let me continue with what James says. He says, what you really ought to say is if the Lord wants us, then we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own plans, and such boasting is evil. Here we go. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. There are sins we commit, lie, cheat, steal, but then there's sins that we omit, the things that God has called us to do, but we just don't choose to do them. And if you hide away in your home, you may not commit as many sins, but you're supposed to love others, serve others, impact other people, share your faith. How do you do that when you're hiding away? Um, realize that there are sins of omissions, that God wants you to do things. Go into the world, share your faith, love others, serve others, impact the world around you. So don't, don't be guilty of not doing what God's asked you to do. This is a season of year where it's a time of giving. Make sure that there's somebody less fortunate than you it's touched by your life. I don't care how poor you are, how rich you are. Make sure that your life, your family, blesses another family, blesses another person. Don't forget to help others in difficult situations. So number two is this. Number two, unsubscribe, not just the email that you don't want, but unsubscribe to activities that take time from your priorities. Listen, 1,440 what is, why is that number so important? 1,440, that's, that's the amount of minutes that you have in your day. Guess what? That's the amount of minutes that the president has in his day. That's the same amount of minutes as the person next to you has in her day. 1,440. And we all spend them every day. We spend them. We spend them doing something. We spend them differently, but we have the same amount. And I came across a quote that arrested me this last few months, and I've written it down, and I've journaled about it, and I've thought about it a lot. I might have shared it with you once before. It says this, tell me, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild, precious life? You have this one life to live. You have this precious life. What are you going to do with this life? Who are you going to impact with this life? What are you going to spend this life doing? Well, pastor, I'm in my 80s now. I guess I already spent it. No, you haven't, because you're still breathing. What are you going to do with these days that you have? I'm challenged by that. I want to encourage you, write that down. Take a picture of that. Understand that you have this wild, precious life. And you can do something that no one else has done in this life. And you can touch someone that no one else is touching. And you can help. And you can honor God with this life. Maybe it's time to reprioritize your values. I love it when I come across a young person and they say, you know, I'm thinking about my life and I want to make some changes to my life. Anytime a young person says that to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm intrigued that you're already doing that. And sometimes they'll say something like this, you know, um, I'm going to take a break from screens. And it's not because my parents told me to. I feel like God wants me to, to fast that for a while in my life. 
Listen, young people, when you get to the place in your life where you're not, you're not waiting for someone else to speak for God, but you're hearing God's voice for your own life, that's a powerful day in your life. I'm feeling conviction from God that my parents don't even have. There's something incredible about that. Maybe you and I need to make some changes in our lives. Uh, we're doing a family activity today with, my, with our family, and I thought to myself, you know, my wife ought to stop the whole family at the door and say, everybody's phones, you too, Dad, because how many of us are tempted to look at our phones during family activity time? You know, we need that basket where we just set it down and go, no, I'm here, I'm fully present in this moment. Listen, don't fall into a routine that doesn't affect eternity. The years will go by quickly, and it's so easy for us just to kind of get through the day and watch the same show and do the same thing. Decide now what's really important and fill your calendar with what matters most because if you don't control your schedule, your schedule will control you. So you put things on your calendar and when someone says, hey, are you free on Thursday and your calendar is open but you haven't spent time with the guy, you're like, sorry, I got a meeting with Jesus that day. Any other day, but I've got Jesus and I are meeting that day, right? Because there's things that matter to you and so you fill your calendar with things that are important, activities that are important in your life. Um, Take your life, do something extraordinary with it. Listen, don't get to the end of your life and go, well, all I've got to show for my life is money. That's what I got to show for my entire life, that I just got a lot of money. Like Jesus said it so clearly, what does it profit a man to, to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? So live for something more than earthly money that's just gonna pass away. The parable of the talents is so powerful because Jesus tells the story and he says, listen, I entrusted this one, the master entrusted this one to five, this one with two, this one with one, and these two go out and they double it, but the other one buries it and does nothing with what God's entrusted to him. Make sure with whatever God's entrusted to you that you're being faithful with it. Like however much or little or, or talented or untalented or time or not much time, just be faithful to God. You might get 30 years in this world. Be faithful with those 30 years. You might get... $5 million, be faithful with it. Whatever God's entrusted to you, be faithful with what he's given to you in this life. It's interesting when they go looking for Jesus when he's like 12 years old, and he says this, why did you search for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? There's something important going on or something deep, something spiritual, something powerful. So let me ask this question. Are there activities in your life that you need to unsubscribe to? In your life. Maybe I can say it like this. Um, maybe you'd fill in the blank. I need to spend more time doing this and less time doing this. My guess is that today is a reminder of what you already know. I need to spend more time here and less time here. More time with this person, less time with this activity. I think sometimes in our lives we get started with something we don't realize how many hours it's taking, the priority that it's taking in our lives. Is there an activity you need to go back to? Is there activities you need to unsubscribe from? And let's move to point number three. Three is this, unsubscribe to the words meant to discourage you. Come on, everybody has somebody in your life that is self-deputized to make sure you're drained and you're discouraged. That you don't get too big of a head in your life for some reason, right? In 587 B.C., the Babylonians, they, they um, destroyed Jerusalem. I mean, they really overtook the people of Israel. The people of Israel decided they didn't really want life God's way. They wanted to worship idols like the people around them. That God had to take his hand of favor and blessing off of them. And they were wiped out. The temple was destroyed. I mean, the temple of God, they couldn't believe that God would allow these marauders to come in, these raiders, and destroy his temple. How could this happen? 
And, and many of the best people, the finest people in Israel and Jerusalem, they were carried away to be slaves in, into high-ranking roles in the Babylonian Empire. How could this happen? Let me remind you of this. The removal of God's hand of blessing from your life should bring about repentance, not bitterness. See, sometimes we go, man, my life's falling apart. Where is God? And when we realize our life's falling apart, we should realize, you know what? I need to repent and I need to really live for God. The removal of God's hand of blessing should bring about repentance in your life and understanding. What happens is 70 years later, Nehemiah is a cupbearer for the king of Babylon. And he asked the king, is there any way you would let me rebuild the walls of the city? Our people are in disgrace. And, and, and God has laid this upon my heart, and I know you don't even understand it, and we were destroyed, but would you let me go back and rebuild that? Do you know what the reality is this? Is that for 70 years, those same walls that have been broken down, those same gates that have been burned, they're sitting in the same place 70 years later. No one's done anything about it. Sometimes you look around and you say to yourself, someone should do something about that. That might be the Holy Spirit saying hello, right? Here's a problem with Israelites and Americans, and the church, and humans, is we get comfortable living in the rubble. Until someone says, you know what? It shouldn't be like this. We should do something about this. God puts it on Nehemiah's heart, and he's willing to step up, and he's willing to lead. He's willing to attempt something great for God, and he doesn't know for sure how it's going to work out. Nehemiah decided to do something. Listen, I want to ask a question. What has God put on your heart? Who has God put on, on your heart? If you have a person that you just have a, a desire to bless and help, and maybe, maybe God wants you to invest in that person, it's not the same for others around you. He's put that person on your heart. Impact the world around you. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18 says, then I told them uh, about the gracious hand of God on me and my conversation with the king. And they replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So now everybody's kind of, you know, bolstering together. So they began the work. And then it says, but when Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about the plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. Listen, you're going to have these people in your life. These people that speak words of discouragement over you. And sometimes you have to unsubscribe from these voices in your life that seek to discourage you. We all have them. And they, they seek to discourage Nehemiah and the work that they're trying to do. In verse 20, it says this, I replied, listen, the God of heaven will succeed us, will succeed. We are his servants and we will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share, no legal right, no historic claim in Jerusalem. But I realized... Um, I think chapter 6, verse 2. But I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending them this message. Here we go, verse 3, Nehemiah chapter 6. He says, I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. I should, uh, why should I stop working and come and meet with you? Hey, we don't like what you're doing. We want you to come and meet with us. And Nehemiah goes, I don't have time to come listen to your complaints. I don't have time to come be distracted and discouraged and drained by your words because I'm busy doing a great work for God. And maybe some of us need to make that statement as well. I've decided what's important, and right now, listening to you is really, I, I'm sorry, but it's not my priority in my life. God is my priority. I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. I'm engaged in a great work. So I want to ask you to do this, and I don't do this very often in church. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Are you ready? Here we go. I don't have time, I don't have time. 
Ooh, you guys are good. To listen to your discouraging words. I have an important life to live. Listen, I got an important life to live, so I can't constantly go around putting fires out and making people okay with me. I've got to do what God's asked me to do. I wish every pastor would stop putting fires out in his church and go do, preach the gospel and do what God's called them to do. Man, we've had much healthier churches. So who are the voices that you're listening to? Who are the top three voices that you highly regard in your life? And if you were to say, you know, if there's three people I want to speak into my life, maybe point out something that needs to change, Maybe, maybe breathe life into me. Maybe help me see something I, I'm, I'm doing or thinking or believing is not true. Who are those three voices that you highly regard that you want to speak into your life? And maybe, just maybe, there's a voice of discouragement and drain in your life, and you need to spend less time with that voice in your life. Like that one right there. All right. God is awesome. Best point of the sermon right there. Thank, thank you very much. I have a... A phone like most of you and I I often will download apps for things and there's an app I think it's like a news flash kind of thing so if there's a headline in the news like it'll pop up on my phone and kind of ding me something big happened and listen I've had this app I don't know maybe eight months or something and I started to realize something just this week um, I will get a ding on that app and it'll say something like this mother and two children drown in deadly accident well that, you know I was just starting to have a good day I really needed to hear that news right or maybe I'm on a walk with my wife, and, and I'm enjoying just the peace of that moment. And then it dings, and I look at the phone. Man kills family with, and it fill in the blanks. Woman shouts racist insults through a drive through window. Bus careens off a bridge, 27 dead. Click here to watch the video. Why am I subscribed to this? This is not helping my day at all. It's a distraction. It's pulling me away from my purpose. I need to get this out of here because I don't want to live that way. Listen, unsubscribe to the words, the distractions in your life and focus on what matters most. Wouldn't it be great if you could be fully present everywhere you went? And you didn't walk around drained, but you walked around with excitement and energy. When you walked in the room, it was like, man, they came in with presence. They came in others focused in their life unsubscribe from those words meant to discourage you. Here's number four, unsubscribe from toxic relationships. I think we need to do a real quick timeout. Like every person that you don't like is not a toxic person. That might, that might say something about you. I'm not saying that, but it might, all right? There are relationships that are not good relationships in our lives. There's probably somebody here who's in a romantic relationship and it's not a healthy relationship. And you don't want to admit it, but point four in the service that you're in today says unsubscribe from toxic relationships. And maybe the Holy Spirit can say something to you that no one else can. For others of us, there are people we've known a long time, maybe they're family, maybe they're a close friend, and the relationship is just simply not healthy. In fact, it's gotten continually worse. In Nehemiah's situation, they kept sending him, four times they sent a message to him. And the fifth time, they said, you know, this is what they said. Hey, listen, here's the fifth letter we've sent you. You keep building this wall. We keep trying to meet with you and talk with you about this. And there's a rumor going around in the surrounding nations. And people say it's true. And the Jews are planning to rebel. And that's why you're building this wall. And according to all these reports we're hearing, you might even be turning against the king who allowed you to build this wall. So you need to stop what you're doing. And you need to come and, and, and sit down with us so we can talk about this. 
toxic relationship. What will Nehemiah do? Verse 8 of chapter 6. This is what it says, how he responded in that moment. I replied, there is no truth. No truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. Wouldn't it be great if you and I could recognize when things were not true at all? Listen, there is no truth in anything that you're saying. In the reality, Jesus said the truth will set you free, but I hope you realize this, that lies will enslave you. Lies will help you, will get you caught up, and you'll be fearful and, and stuck and afraid. Sometimes people say something to you, and years later, years later, you listen to it, and you know it's not true, but you're still a slave to that pain or those words. The truth will set you free. Nehemiah said, there's no truth in any part of your story, so I'm not listening. I listen to the truth. Listen, pay attention to God and pay no attention to those who attempt to steer you off course. Have healthy boundaries. Have healthy boundaries in your life. Don't cut people off that are family if, if, if it, unless it's completely toxic. But have healthy boundaries with people in your life. I'll tell you about some stories about boundaries. I'll be, I'll, sometimes I'm in my house, and we have kind of a, a, a private driveway, so you don't get a whole lot of people. But sometimes people come down my driveway, and they got, like, the clipboard, and they're really excited, and they're excited to see you. You know what I'm talking about? And maybe I'm shooting bastards with my kids, and somebody comes up, and they're like, I'm so glad that you're here outside today because I am in your neighborhood, and I'm helping some of your neighbors. And, man, we can take care of any bugs around your house for $200. And if you want the Platinum Club, and I'm like, bro... See these kids shooting baskets with me? This dinner time we're having, this movie we're watching, this is precious. I know that your sale is urgent to you, but it's not urgent to me. This is urgent to me. Have a good day. Anybody? Like, there are times in your life you just got to realize, I have a healthy boundary here. This is like family time. And you might think that, like, family time happens all the time. But let me tell you what, kids grow up real fast. And I'm not giving five minutes to the guy who wants to spray my termites. I'm going to give that to my children right now. And the house might fall down, but we'll just deal with that when it happens, all right? <laughs> Healthy boundaries in your life. Number five, finally, number five. Unsubscribe to the devil's plan for your life. Man, we, we love to say, you know, God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. And that's true. But you don't hear a lot of this. The devil hates your guts and has a horrific plan to destroy you. There's a lot of people like, well, let's don't get, let's don't get that serious, right? I mean, there's a lot of people in church who don't even believe the devil's real. Doesn't matter how much Jesus talks about hell, talks about the devil, casts out demons. Well, we don't really believe in that. And I just wonder, how, we, how can we believe that God loves you, has this wonderful plan for your life, and not understand that the devil hates you, and he has a destructive plan for your life? Twice this week, I heard myself pray it out loud, walking through the office, and again, probably yesterday, I just prayed, Lord, I know the devil has a plan for my life. I know sometimes he's attempting to get a foothold so he can get a stronghold. And so here's my prayer. I pray the devil's plan for my life that would fall flat on his face and that all those demons trying to get a hold of me, their talons would be loosened. So I could be who I'm called and created to be. See, sometimes it's not so much that your soul is going to be dragged to hell. Sometimes it's you're distracted from this incredible mission of your life that you're on and the devil is a deceiver and a distractor and if he can keep you just so busy doing things that don't really matter or change the world if he can keep you from spiritual conversations 
if he can get you just to survive and focus on other things and man if I can just get you into this show I will get 400 hours of your life and so maybe a prayer today would be I want to unsubscribe to the devil's plan I want his talons of evil to not be able to grip me it says like this in 1 Peter stay alert watch for your great enemy the devil he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Church, we got to be aware that there is a deceiver, that there is evil, there is someone who wants to distract you from your purpose so you miss the point. Let's unsubscribe from his plan and let's subscribe to God's plan, God's word for our lives. Can you bow with me for a moment as we pray? I want to challenge you with this. Will you unsubscribe to email that you never wanted? Will you uninstall that app that takes up precious time, mental energy, and focus from your life? Will you unsubscribe from activities that take time from your priorities? And unsubscribe from these words that are meant to discourage you. If there is no truth in them, don't listen to them. If you are busy, if you are focused on living out your mission for God in your life and someone wants to drain you and distract you and drag you down, you don't have to listen. But Lord, instead, help us have people in our life who speak truth to us, who help us, who encourage us, who strengthen us, whose voices make us better. Lord, help us to unsubscribe from toxic relationships. And even now, Lord, some of us are thinking of a relationship that does not edify. And we need your wisdom to have boundaries. Lord, ultimately, help us to unsubscribe from the devil's plan for our life, that we will not live for pleasure. We will not be distracted by things that don't really matter. But we will love God, love people, and serve the world. Church, can I ask you just to take a moment and say, God, here's my takeaway from church today. Here's what I think you're trying to say to me today in church. None of us really know but you and God. But we just say, Lord, here it is. Here's what I know I need to do. Here's how I'm applying your word to my life. And Lord, with all the mental energy we save, and God, with all the time that we prioritize, fill our lives with your presence. Fill our, our days with meaningful relationships. Those hours that used to go to staring at a screen, those hours that used to go towards activities that actually made us worse, fill them, God, with activities that make us who we want to be, who we were created to be. And God, if there's a, a person that for some reason we have a passion for, if like Nehemiah, there's, there's something we see that needs to be different, then God, don't let us wait around for someone else to do something. Holy Spirit, give us the courage to jump and make it happen. And not apologize for what God's asked me to do, for who God's asked me to be, and spending my days, these fleeting days, honoring the Lord with my life. 
Thank you, Jesus, for your voice today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, aren't you glad you came to church today? God's doing great things in our lives and our church and looking forward to what he's going to do. I pray this Christmas is filled with memories and meaningful moments for you and your family as we grow deeper in the Lord. All right? God bless you. Have a great week.